0: Welcome to the King's Chapel Alaska podcast. From wherever you are listening, we are
1: so excited that you tuned in today. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's Word. It's just an amazing wave of generosity. I, I, w- I will tell you that what we're seeing here at King's is that is a wave of generosity that's taking place because people are coming to understand that God owns a cattle on a thousand hills and he's, he's the rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. If you're not a tither, I'd encourage you to do that. You be, become a tither. If this is not your home church, don't tithe here. Tithe at your home church. If you don't have a home church, this is a great one. I'd join it, even if I wasn't the pastor. just amazing. God's doing amazing things. And then the Project Zach giving is just, you saw it earlier. And if we could, um, Pastor Kirsten, who put those slides up uh, on the website, at, and so people can access it, there's a Project Zach thing. If you want to look at that in greater detail we want you to uh, to see that, and so we'll avail you the opportunity to see amazing things that's taken place. I think it's six hundred over six hundred thousand dollars been released just in the first five months here, just us, just here, just just here for five months. Correct? Six months. Thank you. Six hundred thousand in the first six months of the year, just from Wasilla. And God is good. Why don't you say that? God is good. And he uses the likes of us, and he takes our widow's mite, and he'll, he'll breathe on it. And, uh, you know, different widows have different mites, you understand. What might be a lot for you is little for somebody else. What's a little for you is a lot for someone else. God, we, you just need to respond and obey the Lord and live for him, trust him, do what he tells you to do, and you'll see a release of supernatural provision. And uh, you see it in the book of Acts. In fact, anytime there's a revival, there's always a release of resources, where God guides, God provides. Say that. Where God guides, God provides. I remember, I've shared this so many times before, but I remember I had the privilege of picking up uh, Jim LaFoon, who is one of the main prophets to this house and has been for almost 20, for 20 years. And uh, anytime there was an opportunity to pick up the guest speaker, oh man, I my arm would practically de- get dislocated as I sat at the, oh, I'll get it, I'll get him. And they're like, oh, you're going to get I say, yeah, I'll get him. I'll pick them up. And so I was constantly picking up the guest speakers. I just couldn't hardly wait to do it. I know Pastor Kirsten wants me to tell this story. So this one particular time. Actually, it was Jim Lafoon Went to go pick him up. And uh, I had a, a very humble car that Pastor Karen called the ashtray, which I'm not quite sure that because we didn't smoke anymore. And I didn't own it in a previous life. So I, she called it the, it was Caltrans Orange. It was a VW, a 1982 VW convertible. And my stereo, VW Rabbit convertible. And my stereo was worth more than the car. Which I had my, my, I had my priorities right. I had a $1, $1,000 audio system in there. And that thing, you know, I was used to crank God is in the house from Hillsong. Anybody remember that? It's a long time ago. That's when Hillsong really began to just blow up. And then we had all of our vineyard CDs. And every time I talk about that and I talk about Hillsong, God is in this house, I just think about that courting time that we had. And so I would drive and, and get full of the Holy Spirit so much so that I felt like rays of glory were shooting out of my face. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? just, and then I would pull up to where she would work. I'd quickly get out of the car, run in with the rays of glory shooting out of my face. I'd say, hey, Karen. And she'd like, oh. Yeah. It worked good. Some of you should try that. Anyway, the ashtray is not something you want to pick up, a, a, you know, an important guest in, you know. There's, and so I went to go pick up the the vehicle. It was a van we're going to pick up our guest with. It was dignified church van. There were some undignified church vans, but this was a. We had some of those vans that did the the hula going down the road, just, and some of it did the Tahitian. We don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> anyway, I got one of the went to go to one of those dignified vans, and whoever was the van distributor person, administrative person, didn't put the keys in my mailbox. It was early in the morning, and there was no one around, and I didn't have keys to the master key box thing to get the keys for the dignified van. And I surely wasn't going to pick them up in the ashtray. You all understand? So, no keys. And I, I'm like looking at the, the, the key box. I had a key to get into that office. And I remember staring at the key box. I can't get in there. And I just thought like, I'm not picking them up in the ashtray. There's a higher law at work. And I grabbed hold of that thing and bent that thing open. Snapped open the lid got my keys, picked him up in the style, got in big trouble. I think my response back then was, well, if you had done your job, let's move on. While I was, while I was picking, up, while I'm picking up the guest, he says to me, well, how's, how's everything going? How's everything going brother Daniel he talks in these hushed tones you know
2: i'm like oh everything's great
1: it's great this is a church doing good how's brother morocco i'm like oh he's great yeah praise god everything's going well then i said yeah yeah we're we're always believing for resources you know we always need money to do what we he says yeah that's the way it is with every vision driven ministry and so i answered all spiritual and said yeah But, you know, God always provides a ram in the thicket. He says, that's true. But it sure is hard to find that ram sometimes, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Come on, how many of you know God provides a ram in the thicket? If you go up the mountain with the fire, the knife, and the sacrifice, God will always provide for you. He will always provide for you. Don't doubt it. Believe it. Walk by faith. Amen. Ushers, would you come? I love all our ministry stories. Gosh, there's so many great ones. I have a hard time not telling Pastor Kirsten stories. John Davis, Pastor Kirsten's dad, is with us. Would you just stand and say hi to everybody? John Davis is one of the most stellar men of God I know. He's a legend. We love you, John. The legend. All right. If you're using an envelope, just get the attention of the ushers and they'll help you. If you're giving in any of these other secure means, go right ahead. The app text, on the website. I want you to be in prayer over these next uh, two weeks or so as we are believing for... Resources to finish our whole project. Somebody said, didn't you count the cost before you started? Sure we did. The cost was either obey God or disobey God. So we chose to obey him and knew he would provide a ram in the thicket. Can you say amen? So he's been providing a ram in the thicket and has been a game of inches. That's miracle. I mean, it's a miracle. You see the building standing there. You know, some of you, some of you, some of you were waiting for like, you right waiting to get your ducks in a row. You I got a fan, financial planning on July 25th. That's a, that's a, I've been wanting to do that for so long. Some of you don't have a will. Do you know you need to have a will? Estate planning. And, and, and that we're offering that. Thank you, Jerry and, uh, and Paul. You need to register for that. Where do they register, Pastor Kirsten? July 25th, the... All right, it's going to be online this week. You go ahead and register, be a part of that, and go. Why would we do that? Because it it helps to plan for the future. Listen, you plan like he's not coming in your lifetime. You live like he's coming now, like right now. Gosh, I was going to say something else, but I lost my train of thought, Dr. Haggerty. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Pastor Kurt, Karen. Begins with a K. So some of you are waiting to get your ducks in a row. You say, well, I'm, I'm waiting for my ship to come in before I get... If, if, if Moses waited for all the porta-potties to show up, there wouldn't... There were no porta-potties for the millions of people. You could administrate yourself right on out of a miracle. You know that. Well, well we just, you know... Well, we just didn't have the finances to get started. We didn't have nickel one. You're looking, you're looking at a building that's standing there. You're, how about this place? We're, we're standing in a place... Everything you see in this church, everything you see, we never had nickel one. Nick, we didn't have a dime, but we had faith, and then God would provide, and God would provide, and it's been a game of inches. Some of you are believing God to do amazing things, but you won't get off your blessed assurance to get going. You, you got to take steps of faith. It's hard to direct something that's not moving. So we got going. We need 12-plus million dollars. So where's it coming from? Same place the other eight, nine million came from. That's where? From the Lord. He's going to bring it to pass. Can you say amen? He said, well, I'm, I, my, I'm waiting for my ship to come. Your ship sank, honey. Your ship done sank. You've got to get moving. you got to believe. you got to take steps of faith, not foolish faith you got to take steps of faith. And you you start little by little. You believe God. How many of you want a house? You want your own house? I'm just going to tell you, I, I don't know a whole lot about investing, but this I know in the Holy Ghost. You want to buy a house? Do it now. In Alaska, buy a house now. I'm telling you, they're coming from all over. There's a modern-day gold rush, and if you will put quit paying somebody else's mortgage... My credit's all messed up We'll fix it Come on, smile at me You guys are looking at me with a really harsh Religious tone of voice right there May God prosper and bless us Ushers, would you come for the sake of the house of the Lord You ready? You ready, Daniel? You ready? You ready? What are you playing? I like it. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We declare that you're awesome and mighty. You always bring a ram in the thicket. I pray supply for every personal vision here as people obey you. I pray for houses and homes and, and cabins. I pray for businesses. Release business ideas and faith to walk it out. People, Lord, we're supposed to be the head and not the tail. The lender, not the borrower. Blessed in the city, blessed in the field. Blessed going in, blessed going out. All of the blessings of Deuteronomy 28 would come upon us. Lord, that we are your precious chosen possession people. Redeemed, brought out of darkness into the kingdom of light. So release the wealth of the wicked stored up for us, the righteous. Release wealth to us. So that we can fund the kingdom to push the gospel into every nation, push the gospel into every tribe and every tongue, every single village would hear the glorious God. Give us buildings. I call forth buildings. I call forth a building in in Eagle River. Give us building. Give us a building there. Give Give us a building. Give us a building. Give us buildings. Give us buildings buildings give us buildings give us buildings lord give us Sears if you want to we'll
3: take that too lord give us buildings give us
1: what we need to spread the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ to every tribe every tongue every nation And resources of ever a ram in the thicket for the glory of God in Jesus' name, amen. Oh, was go
0: ahead, come on. Saturday was silent, surely it was through. Since when has impossible ever stopped? you? Friday's disappointment, the sun is empty too. Since when it has been possible ever so oh. This is the sound of the bones rattling This is the phrase of Sound the dry bones rally. Right hey hey. So Saturday. Saturday was silent. Surely it was true. But since when has it possible? Never stopped you. Come on, Friday's disappointment. Sunday's empty too. Since when has it possible?
1: Kimmy come and stand right here. Minister Kimmy is going to preach a women's conference. Don't just face everybody. Girls conference. Well, they're young women. Reach your hands towards the staff, won't you come and just lay hands on them? The anointing that's upon you is real. And it is not counterfeit. The compassion of Christ that beats within your heart is tangible, palpable. And the Lord says, I'm the one that chose you. I'm the one that selected you. And you will be like a burning, shining lamp to all those precious girls, to those precious women. And the anointing of the power of the Holy Spirit, the anointing and the power of God that rests upon this house, you will carry like a firebrand. And I will overwhelm you and you will become like another woman, says the Lord. My words will flow out of a saturation displays of signs and wonders and even generational healing will be released. And I see through these lips of clay through your life there's going to be many called into ministry. Many. In fact, I hear the Lord saying be sure to bring the invitation to full-time service because I'm going to call many of them as they see you an exemplary manifestation of someone filled with the Spirit loving God with all their heart. I'm going to give you new messages. I'm going to give you a new flow. I'm going to put a new new anointing upon you. And from this is going to open up other doors. From this will open up other opportunities says the Lord, and it's going to be marvelous. So God, anoint her, use her, in Jesus' name. This
0: is the sound of dry bones rattling. Come on, lift your voice. Make it dead.
1: Thank you to our worship team. Greetings to all those online all around the world. Those listening potentially in the future. If you have Facebook, uh, go ahead, like, comment, and share this. Push this out. Let's reach more and more people. I'd encourage you to be a part of the uh, ETS, uh, ETS Scroll. That's a daily program at 1230. And uh, I'll be doing that for as long as the Lord uh, leads me to do it. And um, I've found recently that I've had a bit of a strain in my vocal cords because I'm preaching eight days a week. And uh, so I'm finding that I'm, uh, my vocal cords are getting stronger and stronger. Hallelujah. Amen. Acts chapter 2, I want you to find verse 1. And I brought my dakes today. Big enough to choke a moose with right here. Uh, Acts 2, when the day of Pentecost fully came, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound. You notice in the song that we were just singing, which is it's not all that new, but it's new to us, it's the sound of bones coming together out of Ezekiel's glorious army that was Open and laid bare, and I preached a message just recently about I can't breathe, and um, it's a, a message that I I need to expound on and perhaps write a book about. The Lord is the Lord is healing America, and America needs healing. I said I just had a leaders meeting, and in my leaders meeting, I I repented for I repented for um, times when. I have been perhaps insensitive or not aware. You know, it's hard to know what you don't know. And in my zeal, I've put my foot in my mouth uh, many times. And uh, it's, I certainly did that for some this morning, and I, I am so sorry. Uh, that's not my intention. It's absolutely my intention to offend anything that's religious in you, it's absolutely my intention to offend sin it is not my intention to offend uh that which is not sin does that make sense so sometimes being wired up the way that i am uh i've i've gone ahead and gotten myself in trouble and um uh, won't be the last time and uh and i'll repent every time the lord shows me and i just felt like i could have been more gracious concerning Racial issues and, and not understanding perhaps the side that I don't understand.
4: So please forgive me. Why don't, you, why don't you lift your hands to heaven all across this place. You're amazing.
1: There's a sound. There's a sound. People who were come together to call on your name.
4: The sound of the Spirit of God. Let's get back in the text. Suddenly there
1: came a sound, verse 2: heaven, as a rushing mighty wind, and filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like a fire. And it sat on each of them, this King James. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. I want you to go down to verse 15. These are not drunken, as ye suppose. It seems but the third hour of the day. But this is that which is spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants, on my handmaidens, I will pour out my Spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. Go down to verse 28. Thou hast made known to me the ways of life. And thou shalt make me full of joy with thy countenance. I want to just bring to you a very simple message about what happens when God draws near. When God draws near, it's not church as usual. God draws near. When God manifests His power, the word manifest is to make visible. When God manifests His power, there are times when that manifestation of power doesn't fit in our little cubicles of religious understanding.
4: There is
1: uh, both blessing and judgment in the hand of God. And uh, I did a the opportunity of doing a funeral, memorial, a celebration of life, uh, this past week for Maurice Hendrickson, and it was it was a beautiful memorial. The eulogy was so well written and so wonderfully declared, and I learned things about Maurice that I that I didn't know, and to hear the testimony about how he would win people to Jesus, and he was a a Vietnam helicopter pilot, and how God had just radically saved him and used him. And as I heard that testimony, I mean, we could have just stopped before I even got up to share. As I was sharing, and you know, we take every opportunity, I, I don't know how it is for, you know, where you are at church, where you're online, or what you've been through before, but whenever we do perform wedding vows and ceremonies, we usually use it as an opportunity to get everybody saved. Whenever we have, uh, memorials, we use as an opportunity to get everybody saved. Whenever we have Easter egg hunts, we use it as an opportunity. Whenever we have anything that we do, we use it as an opportunity to present the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, redemption. But in the gospel is both blessing and judgment. You say, what are you talking about? Well, when Jesus sent the in Luke 9, and he sends them out Uh, They go two by two. He says, go, he sent them before his face. And so they go into these villages and he says, go to the house and and, and say peace to this house. If a man of peace is there, then, then let your peace rest and eat what is given you and declare to them the kingdom of God is at hand. But if your peace returns to you, and I'm paraphrasing, knock the dust off your feet and move on, it'd be worse for them than it was for Tyre and Sidon in the judgment. So, Literally, when you're presenting Jesus Christ crucified, that if you believe on him, if you believe in your heart and confess it to your mouth that Jesus is Lord, all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. For those that reject that, that is a rejecting not of you. It's a rejecting of the gospel. It's a rejecting of the kingdom. Nazareth could have had uh, the kingdom of God set up in Nazareth, but it wasn't because they didn't perceive who the king of the kingdom was. And so Jesus didn't set up in Nazareth. He set up in Anybody know? He set up in Galilee there. Capernaum, pardon me. But Nazareth could have had that, but they didn't because they didn't perceive who he was. I have been in many, many meetings where things happened that I did not understand. I'm not understanding. I remember one meeting... It's 95, 1995. I got so touched by the power of heaven. Now, I've had actually people try to tell me, well, that, that, that's not the way that works. That's a, it's too late to tell me any of that. And I can not only prove it in Scripture, but I have a life, a transformed life. And, and, and if you have any question about that, just interview my mother. She'll tell you all about it. She was my chief intercessor, still is prayed me in. Thanks, Mom. She not only birthed me, she birthed me in in the Spirit, too. And I'm very grateful. Don't stop praying, Mom. You live a long time. We've got a lot of work to do. Amen. I had gotten so touched by the power of God, and I, I had to crawl to my seat. What do you mean you had to crawl to your seat? I had to crawl to my seat. There are manifestations of power when they come See, there's a problem in the Western church, I think it's because of Greek culture. I mean, it, there's a lot of different reasons that people can reason away, rational, use rationale to be a guillotine for an experiencing the power of God. And, and then there's a the whole argument, well, it needs to be decently in order. You know, I've seen things so decent and so in order that God wasn't even there. So controlled by man. Listen, everybody reacts differently when God comes. When God draws near, everyone reacts differently. I remember preaching uh, at an airport. I I didn't plan on it. I I went to go pick up Damon Thompson. It's like 100 years ago, pre-TSA. And I'm sitting there with a bunch of other brothers and my wife. And were we married? Yeah, we were married. We were And we're sitting there, and the plane is delayed for an hour. So we're waiting for him to get off the plane, and we're all gathered waiting for this, this young 27-year-old fiery revivalist guy to get off the plane, and we're going to go take him to eat. We were young adults in the church, and you know, go take him to eat and, and hang out and then deliver him to his hotel room, and he was going to preach the following day. So we're waiting. While we're waiting, I'm looking over at this crowd of, you know, a giant... You know, seven forty-seven or whatever it was, a full plane of people. And it had to be two hundred and fifty people plus. And as I'm looking at them, I start seeing, oh, that marriage is not doing so good. And I look over and I said, oh, that person's struggling with with uh, sexual stuff. And I look over and I see the you know the family and the the girl, the the daughter that brought the boyfriend. And I can tell that's not going so good. And you know what I'm talking about? Like they brought him on the vacation. Those guys are getting busy. That's all I'll say about that since we have children. Amen. And so as I, I look and I'm seeing all the, I'm starting to have discernment. People are lighting up and I start getting trouble. I'm like, oh God, these people need Jesus. I oh, thought, Lord, and the Lord says to me, when the watchman on the wall sees the army coming, if he doesn't blow the trumpet, then their blood is on his hands. I thought, I bind that thought. I have nothing to do with that. It is a good Yeah, Lord. Amen. Raise up a watchman, God. Raise up a watchman. And then I, time went on, and I kind of look back over. I'm like, oh, God. I start seeing more stuff, and then again, if the watchman on the wall doesn't Blow the trumpet, then the blood is on their hands. I'm like, oh, God, come on. What, is the plane going to crash? Seriously? I'm like, really? God. And so I tell everybody while we're sitting there, do you know what I felt like the Lord just told me? And they're like, what? I'm like, well, you know that text in Ezekiel? Watchman on the wall doesn't blow the trumpet, then the blood is on their hands. They're like, yeah. I said, man, look at that crowd over there. And they all, we all look. Like, he just told me like that about, about that, and what, and they just like people like get to, people walk in, stand up, and start praying. Pastor Karen goes into her intercessory chop. <laughs> and when they walk away and they start praying, I'm like, oh man, that's a word from the Lord. Oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God. Oh, guess I'm the watchman on the wall. Great, great Lord. <laughs> Great. Right. So I walk off and I'm like, oh God, I don't want their blood on my hands. I am play the plane doesn't crash, it's gonna be annoying. And I'm like, the Lord's like, no, 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 you're gonna to have to share, you gotta preach, you gotta tell them. And so I, I go to the corner of this waiting area and I'm like, Lord, give me an anointing. God, come upon me with power. How many of you know if God comes on you with power and he gives you courage, and you'll charge hell with a water pistol, you understand? If God can fill you full of courage, fill you full of strength, fill you full of the anointing, then, then it's easy. But when you're left up to yourself, I'm just sitting there going, I don't feel anything. I felt the absence of the anointing, the absence of the presence of God. And so I just had the thought, well, I'm going to go stand in the midst of them. That's what I thought I would do. So I went over. I got a little closer. I took a picture of it. I was in Hawaii a little less than a year ago. And uh, I took a picture of the phone. There's no more phone booths now, but there were phone booths back then. Everybody has cell phones. Now, so I took a picture of where this phone booth is, and I went and stood by this phone booth. Actually, there was somebody standing there, and that was my spot. I can't tell you how many times this has happened. I said, Lord, I'm going to go stand where that person is, but they're standing there, and they go. They walk off. I'm like, oh, great, great. God cleared my pulpit, the pulpit I wanted. They just all of a sudden got an itch and had to leave. Place is packed. So I go walk over there, and I'm like, God, Okay. Lord, anoint me, and I don't feel anything. I'm like, God, can you just, just encourage me right now? I'll obey. I'll obey, Lord. I'm like, I don't feel anything. I said, Lord, just give me one more push. And I look, and there's this brother that comes from the far side. One of the guys that we were with, he comes from the far side and just praying in tongues. Yeah. <laughs> because all I see is him doing this. I thought, oh, that's it. So I just jump off and I tell him a joke. And have you all heard it before? This man gets hit by a bus and he dies. He's on a bicycle. I told everybody this joke. I said, hi, did you have a nice time in Hawaii? And everybody's like, <laughs> I said, did you have a nice time in Hawaii? And they're like, yes. I'm like, oh my gosh, they are responding. <laughs> I said, let me tell you a joke. A man's riding his bike, and he gets hit by a bus, and he dies, and he goes to heaven, and he's standing there, and the angel says, I'll let you in, but you got to know God's name. And everybody's like, if you can tell me God's name, the angel says, I'll let you in. And the guy says, "Bad. it's easy. God's name's Howard. And the angel, the angel says, what? He says, Yeah, everybody knows that. Our Father who art in heaven, Howard be thy name. Well, they all laughed, and I know many of you heard that before. They all laughed. And when it died down for a second, I just said, in all seriousness, if your plane crashes on the way back to the United States of America, and the power of God hit me, and I preached, and I had people looking at me. Not, it's not unlike church service. similar. You have people like, yes, Lord, yes, yes. Other people like, People just texting. (laughs) They didn't hear one thing I said. They still didn't hear it. They still don't know. I'm making fun of them. They're still texting. They didn't know that yet. The same thing. They weren't texting back then. They were just whatever, scratching themselves, and they didn't hear anything I said. (laughs) Then you have other people that heard, and they want you to shut up. Shut up i mean, the daggers coming from people. And then you could see Christians like, go,
2: go on, go ahead,
1: do it, preach, go. It's exactly like church. And I give an altar call and, you know, to give your heart to Jesus. And I led in the sinner's prayer. And that went on. People scratching themselves, people angry, and then people getting saved. And then Christians like, yes. And then like, I wonder if my plane's going to crash. You know, kind of like, and I walked off shaking under the power of God. There is judgment and blessing in the hand of God. And when the power of God comes, when the word of God is preached, people respond differently. So I've seen people shake. Back to that story, I crawled back to my, my pew. I don't know why they call it that. Back to my seat. I crawled into my seat. I propped myself up, and that particular night, the power of the glory of God hit the place. That's not what's happening here. Presence of God is here. There's an unction. There's there's God's presence, but this is not the glory of God. Let's just get clear, because when the glory of God comes, there ain't anybody standing. That might happen five minutes from now. That might happen 30 seconds from now. I I don't know. I got back to my seat, and I sit up, and Three people that I knew from another church, you know, no offense, I'm just saying, I just happened to know them from another church, conservative church, very conservative. And I love the body of Christ, so please don't get me wrong. They came in so critical of what was happening. I was getting my life changed, and these three guys walk up the center aisle with their arms folded, making fun of people. Making fun. I, I was sitting three rows back, undone, And it was like they never saw me. So uh, it was like, if I was you, they stood like right here and I got to stare. They knew me. I'm I'm looking up at them and they didn't see me, not once. It was like I I was invisible to them. They look at say, Hey, look at that. Look at that. That's insane. Look at that. This place is crazy. And they're laughing at this lady who was on the ground and she was seemingly, she was lying out on the carpet and she was directing what seemed to be like a heavenly choir. Her hands were going like this. Now, I knew the lady, okay? So it's not somebody that was just, that would normally do that. Some people normally do that. With God or without God, they normally do that. They do strange things. They hurk and jerk with God's presence or without Him. They go the fruits, nuts, and the flakes. this lady directing this heavenly choir and they're mocking somebody else laughing, somebody else weeping, and they made fun of everybody. Two of those guys are dead. They were younger than me. They're dead. So are you telling me that God can't? And I'm not saying that. I'm just saying you can't, you can't mock the Holy Spirit. Don't, don't, don't do that. You'll notice that God will always remove the mocker and the scoffer before there's ever a great manifestation of power. And you'll see that Jesus removed them. He said, they laughed him to scorn. He said, okay. Out. And then he raised the girl from the dead. So there's different responses. I, the craziest thing I've ever seen, actually, I'm told the last time I talked to Brother Rodney, it was the craziest thing, one of the craziest things he's ever seen, which is saying something. And it happened in our church. In Maui, there's, I think there's, are there 10 steps? I have to go count. There's, there's 10, is it t- you would know, at least 10. You would know. You've done a bunch of productions here. There's at least 10 steps that go from the floor to the top of a high platform. And that year I saw, and uh, I was told it was one of the craziest things he's ever seen. We, we watched a guy roll from the bottom to the top and back down like a plank, like a roll of carpet. Bum, bum. I, don't, I don't mean kind of like, and, and we didn't even know anything about core strength in 1995. <laughs> now, I don't know what kind of, oh, he must have done a lot of core work. Now, now here it He's a middle-aged man that is rolling up the stairs, down the stairs, up the stairs, down the stairs. It did not stop for 40-plus minutes. And I'm just telling you, even if you were Mr. Parkour, you couldn't do that. And it wasn't like he was trying to do it. It wasn't like you know he'd crawl up on the thing and then, but it wasn't like that. It was like he'd roll up, like his whole body would roll up. I just sat there watching, and and the power got all over me. Why watch him? I'm like, whoa, what's that all about? He looked like a window shade. Up, Up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down. And you think like, how many times can you do that? That's a sign that makes you wonder. What happened to manifestations of, why would God do that? Why wouldn't he do it? What what, what happened to these people? These are not drunk as you would suppose. Now I know some of you have never been drunk and praise the Lord. I've seen a few drunk people in my time. They act different. We've had them come in here. Everyone reacts differently. Don't ever let somebody teach you how you're supposed to act. No, you need to buckle over and moan. No, you don't. <laughs> it's like teaching somebody to pray in tongues. She tie, go ahead and say it. She tie, she tie. The bow tie, the bow tie. She tied a bow tie. Keep saying that. She tied a bow tie. She tied a bow tie. No. That's stupid. That's ridiculous. That's weird. Come on, somebody say that's weird. That's weird. Everyone reacts differently There's fire, wind, acts of power. They're shaking. It's one of my favorite ones, is that. Uh, I read this. I didn't experience this. I've experienced lots of manifestations of God's power. You know when God is manifested with great power, especially in your life, because you're different. Something's different. Something changes in you. The Brownsville Revival, there was a pasture. They would drive from all over, and you all went there. And I'll tell you what, the only regret of the Brownsville Revival is I didn't get on a plane and get over there and experience it. But my mother did. My mother said i'm moving we're going she moved she packed her bags and went to the brownsville revival moved in across the street at some women's house there and went every day my crazy pentecostal mama god bless you <laughs> look and i'm and the carpet that, that 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 carpeted the place where you stayed was the original carpet that was filled with all the tears of the brownsville revival and she went back there she had said the anointing in this place is is another level and I just regret that we didn't go, but I watched it online. That was like with my Juno account. Juno Yeah, it would take, like, a 100 years for the thing to download enough so I could watch 30 seconds. <laughs> it's like 1997 Internet. I begged Pastor Karen, please, please, I've got to get Internet. Oh, I don't want that thing in the house. I said, come on, I'm going to use it for the glory of God. Come on. And we came to agreement. I finally got internet, got a Juno account. Hallelujah. And I would watch the Brownsville Revival. What are the testimonies out of the Brownsville Revival.
4: <laughs>
1: Sorry. The pastor took his board in a van and they drove over there One of the manifestations, one of the things the Holy Spirit would do, people would shake. I mean, they would shake. Baptisms, you should see what that looked like. The sound of the dry bones rattling. And they went, the board and the pastor, and they witnessed people shaking. They witnessed people running from the back. I mean, there would be altar calls that were... People wanted to get touched so desperately that they would crawl on their hands and knees and look, they would look at the shoes of the preachers. So I got these shiny ones, it'd be easy to find. And they would crawl on their hands and knees through people, find the shoes, and then pop, stand up so they could get prayer from the man of God. You want to talk about hunger? You want to talk about a desperation to get touched by God? And God was pouring out his spirit. I believe that God's going to do something far exceeding that in the days that are come to come. I believe that God is going to do something beyond anything we've ever seen before. I believe that God is going to bring an outpouring that's unprecedented. I don't know what it's going to look like, but for the love of God, I ain't going to miss it. I want to be right there. And if I
3: got to crawl on my hands and knees to get standing up, come on, to get touched by
1: God it. I want to see a manifestation of God's power. I'm telling you, listen to me. Until God pours out his spirit and allows for a people to gather and release his glory, people will stay on crystal meth. There's got to be something bigger than heroin. There's got to be something bigger than sex. There's got to be something bigger than, come on, somebody say hallelujah. All right, sit down. Man, I just preached myself happy right there. And, you know, as, as a pastor, you know, you have to be discerning. You don't have a gift of discernment. You better pray to get one. You have to have the gift of discernment if you're going to operate in the gifts of this. You're going to have a church, a Pentecostal, Spirit-filled. You're going to have a Holy Ghost church. You better have the gift of discernment. Does that happen here? Oh, Yes. On many levels, because we're not going to let somebody come in and and uh, you know do some insanity. Has anybody seen that that worshiping chicken thing? <laughs> worshiping, I think it's called. <laughs> Pastor Karen, you want to do that for us? (laughs) You have to have discernment. And I, I can't judge that, Pastor, but the story goes that after they came out, seeing all the shaking, seeing hundreds and hundreds of people give their life to Christ, power God put on display. They went out to the van and they're leaving to drive back to their church. All the board members in the van Pastors drive him, country church, I would think. And they said, well, pastor, uh, what do you think about that? And he's sitting there with his hands, still in the parking lot of Brownsville. And he says, well, I don't know about all that shaking stuff. That's just shaking. It's the flesh shaking. I could do that. I could can. I can do that. And then he literally goes white, falls out of the van, onto the concrete in deep repentance, wailing before the Lord. I'm so sorry, God. I'm so sorry, God. He starts attributing the shaking to some manifestation of the flesh or even the devil. You don't ever attribute true, real manifestations of the power of God to the devil. What if you're not sure? Then just shut up and pray. Somebody said, well, what about the flesh? Does that happen in this church? Well, you're here. Sure it does. I'm concerned about the flesh. Don't be. I'm not concerned about it because here, this is a Dr. Morocco quote. All of my staff, those who grew up getting discipled by Dr. Morocco all of these decades know it. We're not nervous about the flesh. God's big enough to sort that out. I'm not sure that was God. Don't, who are you to make the judge whether it was the flesh or not? Listen, if it's out of order, you have to trust, you have to trust leadership to correct it. And, and I know that God's big enough. Listen, I, I'd rather have somebody, not that I'm encouraging people to respond in the flesh, But I know that's going to happen, and I'd rather allow for the place of the Spirit of God to move and have genuine manifestations of power that transform lives out of darkness, out of the grave, into a garden. I'd rather have manifestations of power, displays of healing, signs and wonders and miracles, and had some twice dead, pulled up by the root little teaching by somebody who doesn't even live right. So there's shaking, there's, there's falling. I had somebody tell me, you know, falling out, it's not scriptural. But being slain in the Spirit, first of all, it's not slain. If you're slain, you'd be dead. But there's a lot of wonderful scriptures to back. Being undone, you might find yourself on, the, on your back. And Psalm 23 is my favorite one because it just totally ticks off all religious people. The Lord is my shepherd, I he there you go. It makes me lie down. So be like, that's not funny. That's not what that means. You've taken that out of context right now. I went to Bible school and that's not what that means. Okay, Sister Brigamortis. <laughs> awesome. Thank you for sharing your theological treatise on Psalm 23, Brother, brother Twice Dead pulled up from the roots. You hadn't, you, hadn't, you, hadn't, you hadn't laughed in a decade. We better move on. I'm feeling myself getting in difficulty. Being stuck to the floor, I've had experiences where I couldn't get up. I tried to get up. I couldn't get up. I can't quite explain that. Leadership in the spirit. Somebody said to me, how do you know what to stop and what to allow? And it's very simple. If it bothers me, I'm stopping it. There's certain things that bother me and, um, and certain things that don't. Like right now, it's pretty chill service pretty relaxed. I've had people, I think one of my greatest memories was I lay hands, I'm in Grass Valley, California. And this pastor Stroop and his wife, and we're talking, died in the wool assembly of God. Like he came out of the womb, he had his credentials. For real. The Brill cream, everything. The hair, and and, and this is a great man of God, and I love and esteem, but I am poking fun a little bit. Sometimes we can get, you know, we can get in our little cultures. it can end up being weird. Anyway, if I had hair, I probably wouldn't be complaining. But anyway, (laughs) so I lay hands on these two, and the power of God hits them, right? And they're weeping, and I'm prophesying, and behind me, uh, the organist jumps on their hammond. And starts playing this, I mean, when you want to talk about a cheese grater to my spirit. I mean, I just felt like, oh, it was like somebody dragging nails across a blackboard. And so she starts playing. I said, stop, stop. I walked away. They're still weeping. I said, stop, 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 stop. And as I get closer, I feel the power of God. And this lady's weeping. I said, I look back at the pastor I said, was that ministering to you? I said, go ahead, go ahead. Go on. She played and they they just shook and fell out in the power of God. Manifestations of God's power and allowing God's presence to come, listen, in your home. You, You should have encounters with God in your home, at the dinner table, in the master bedroom. In your kids' room, and you're praying for them. You're praying for them. They should feel... My, my daughter, Hannah, she got baptized. What you all laughing about over here? She got baptized in the Holy Ghost. How old was she, Pastor? I'm going to ask you from now on. That way I won't mess it up. How old was Pastor? She was six years old. got baptized in the Spirit, praying in tongues. That's not possible. Who are you? Who are you? She had made a decision for Christ before that. She got baptized in the Spirit. I'm telling you, praying in tongues for real. It was interesting how it happened. We were I was praying over her, praying, and I said, hey, honey, you want to pray in the Spirit with Daddy? No. I said, okay. Uh, how come? Because cause I want to sound like you. And I went, that's an interesting answer. I said, well, you're not going to sound like me. You're going to sound like you because daddy sounds like we're different, right? I look different. We look the same. It's totally what she said. I said, okay, okay, but but like our fingerprints are different. See, we look different, and our voice sounds different. Your voice sounds different than mine, right? I said, okay, so you're going to sound different than daddy. She goes, no, I'm going to sound like mommy then. (laughs) She hasn't changed. She's the same. She's... constantly declaring it. beautiful Hannah Bell just walked in the back of the room I'm telling a story on you I, said, oh, I want to sound like mommy then I said well you're not gonna sound like mommy and I said you don't look like mommy right No, I look like mommy I said okay okay and you know we worked through all of that and she finally said "Um, okay I said okay let me pray for you I pray for her and she began to speak in this beautiful tongue beautiful language from heaven and I thought I was, I tried not to freak out because I was over the top, like, whoa, wow, amazing. Later on, she got mocked by some others in children's church, and and she shut that down for about four years because she was afraid that that's not God. You know, kids can be mean. I know, not your kids, but kids can be mean they shut they, sh- they they shamed her blamed her made fun of her and then she shut down that gift she got saved in a similar way why are you saying this because god wants to come to your home if if you could position your heart and can position your life to be hungry and thirsty for God during the week, and then you come to services like that, I'm going to tell you our services will go to a whole nother place. If you will get hungry and thirsty and desperate, begin to fast, begin to pray and believe for God's power to be manifested in your in, in your living room, in your kids' room, contend for it, believe for it. You don't have to feel it. Move by faith. Saturday night, all those years ago on the island of Molokai, preparing for Sunday morning, working on my message. Saturday afternoon, Hannah's home. Karen was doing Pastor Karen things. And she says to me, Hannah says, Dad, let's have church. I said, Dad, we're going to have church tomorrow. No, well, let's have church now, Dad. I'm like, uh, no, we're going to have church tomorrow. And then we'll have church and it'll be amazing. And that's what daddy, she didn't leave daddy alone because daddy's working on his message for church. She's just, how is she then we will get Pastor Karen again? Five, four, four. or five. I said, no, no, we'll have church tomorrow. I want to have church now, dad. And I thought, no. And then I realized something else is happening here. When your kid wants to have church, how many of you know you should probably have church? My four-year-old is asking to have a church service. So I said, "Uh, oh, okay. She's like, I'll go get my kids. She takes off and she comes back with all of her kids. I mean, she had all these dolls, Gigi and, and Lisa and, and who else? Baby Lisa, little Gigi. She had, she had all these dolls. They had all these names. She gets them all. Then she gets chairs and, and boxes and whatever. And she puts all her kids. She sits in the middle. She sits in the middle, and she has all her kids on either side. And she looks at me and says, okay, Dad, let's have church. And I thought, it's God's, is my witness is what happened. I said, okay, uh, what do you want me to preach on? She said, Adam and Eve. I said, Adam and Eve. Okay. So I start talking about Adam and Eve, and I start preaching what is called the Proto-Evangelium. It's the first time the gospel's preached. And as I'm talking in kid-like terms, I feel the power of God hit me. And then I'm not just playing church. I'm actually having church. I should have known better already. And I start, I start preaching. I preach the gospel, and I give a full blast altar call. Hannah's got tears in her eyes at four years old. And she, you know, I give the opportunity to give your life to Christ, and she raises her hand, and she takes Gigi's hand, too. Or was it Lisa. And she lifts the doll's head, and she's <laughs> like. And she prayed the sinner's prayer and got gloriously saved in my living room. Now listen, don't you, don't you relegate that to say that happened because you're a pastor. No, it didn't. It happened because somehow I was sensitive to the Holy Spirit. He wants to show up in your house. He wants to make your kitchen a cathedral. He wants to pour out his spirit on all flesh. Is there any sons or daughters? Any sons and daughters? Raise your hand. If you're a son or a daughter, raise your hand. On all flesh. Some of you are not sure whether to raise your hand, we'll have an altar call for you later. If you're not sure if you're a son or a daughter, Minister Barry will be praying for people towards the end of the service. What prevents this from happening at home? What prevents it from happening in the church? It doesn't happen in every church. And and listen, I'm not saying this is the paragon of church services or the, the highest thing that's happening in the body of Christ. How insane would it be to think that? But many times I've found as a pastor there is this pressure to just behave yourself. There is this pressure just to stay in a place
4: that's dignified. I think it comes from
1: influence of Greek culture. I think it comes from a whole generation that's addicted to entertainment and screens. I think it comes from meditation and an Eastern mindset. I just believe that God is going to break us out. Sometimes I feel half backslidden. I was talking to Prophet Jim LaFoon. Might have even been the same time. You know, when I ripped the keys off, took the van, the no ashtray pickup. I just said to him, said, I said, I've, you know, I've, and I would take these moments if the Lord opened up the opportunity to, to glean from them. <laughs> I would, I would use that opportunity to just receive, learn. If the Lord opened an opportunity, some people don't understand why you should just keep your mouth shut and, and let people just be alone. And they just chew your ear off. I'm not sensitive to what the Spirit's doing. I, so I said to him, I said, you know, I said, uh, Pastor Jim, I just, sometimes I just feel so backslidden. I mean, I, I'm not backslidden, but I just feel like, man, there's so much more. He says, yeah, we all feel like that. That's a divine dissatisfaction, song. You hunger for God. You cry out for God. You stay in the place of thirsty. You stay hungry. You stay desperate. Stay in a place of desperation for God. I've found that times it's like a game of duck, duck, goose. Listen, if ministry for pastors, we have many pastors that listen and watch online. If you ever get bored in ministry, I've got, pro- I've got a news for you. It's not heaven's problem. It's you. we are going to have a move of God. You need to have one yourself. And the only way to see a move of the Spirit in your life group, in your team, is to have personally have one. You need to personally have it. That, that one Robert, the guy that played the banjo all those years ago, said, I figured out how to have revival. Uh, and you've seen me do it before. He said, I figured out how to have revival. I said, how's that? He said, just draw a circle around yourself and have one. Remember Robert. Robert, the banjo guy draw a circle around yourself and have it. If we're going to have a manifestation of power with souls coming in left and right and the miracle power of God put on display with people healed, youth group exploding, it'll come by people personally taking ownership to see a move of God. And and many times in our culture as I'm bringing this to a close, this is my first close. Hannah, would you play the keys, sweetie? Oh, you are. Oh. You many times we have a spectator problem. Raised on TV. They actually teach this if you if you read and study about church growth. They're saying now that if you're gonna be if you're gonna reach this next generation, that you have to have basically a you know, every every ninety seconds you need to switch. You need to switch because you'll lose people's attention. You'll lose their you'll lose their attention. So, so like we're supposed to switch every ninety seconds and have a flip and have a screen and have a thing and and uh, you know they say it works for advertising and it works for this and works. I mean, I think we're creating, we're 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 building a generation of ADD people. You know, religion's observation. It's not relationship. You're not supposed to just observe all that Jesus began to both do and teach. I have to tell you again that the anointing on your life, you'll you'll get to this place where there'll be a Low grade pressure to not break out into the wild eyed prophetic Deborah that you are. But the Lord says, Break through that thing and you'll see revival. Break through it. You're going to see an outpouring. And they'll want you back and invitations will come. You're not doing it for that. You're doing it because you love them and they love you. But there's, there's, an opportunity in this spirit. I think about the revivals that took place in Maui all those years ago with Sister uh, Puerto Rican Lady. No, she's Italian. She started the church. The um, uh, Creightons? Creightons, the founders of our church. Jesus, somebody help me. See, it takes our KSM director to tell me. Juanita Creighton, Creighton. She was called to preach in, and start a church in Maui. We're talking the 1920s. She was dying on her deathbed. The Lord said, I'm going to heal you, but I want you to go back to Maui. You go back to Maui, I'll heal you. She made a deal. She got healed. She went back to Maui, and they started preaching a little town called Pai. And the power of God hit that place with the children in the sugar cane camps. And they were weeping and crying and the power of God hit. I'm telling you, the power of God is going to hit that group of kids. And it's going to cause a jealousy. There even is going to be some pushback. But I'm going to protect you and I'm going to release my power. And they will never, never be the same again. Because you were created for that. You're created to preach and pray and prophesy. There has been, gosh, am I going to do this? I'm, i just, pre- I'm going to pretend I'm the evangelist. The evangelist just showed up. You see, I'm pretend I'm the guest speaker. There has been structures in place that have hindered the release and the power of God, even in women's ministry. And I don't mean specifically for you, but certainly including you. There's been an assignment of the enemy to hold women back in the modern church and even, even in this house.) <laughs> Even in this house. What do you mean this house? I'm talking just overall. Now, I don't know that that would be agreed by some. But I feel the Lord saying that. And if I'm off, well, then I'll stand before the Lord for it. There is a display of power that's coming through women. And if you've got a problem with women in ministry you need to get corrected and you need to get healed all the women of the house you feel called to ministry I want you to stand all across this place and if you're already in ministry go ahead and stand Father whatever structure you need to help us with uh, to change that I can't speak for anybody else. I can, only, I can only take personal responsibility. Lord, help me. Help me to see women released in ministry at the next level. And there's a forerunner anointing that's upon the church here in Alaska. There's a forerunner anointing as John the Baptist went went before the Lord, before His face, one with the spirit of Elijah. The Lord's putting His hand upon a generation, putting His hand upon a people. He's putting a hand upon our church to be a forerunning church. Biblically sound, theologically sound, firmly settled and planted on the rock of God's Word, the bedrock of God's Word. But with a freedom with the freedom, the power, the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. Let your fire come upon these.
3: Holy Spirit.
1: Some of you ladies have been wounded through abuse of authority. You felt held back or hindered. The Lord's going to heal you tonight. You say, that's me. Come to the front. Just come. And we talk about racism and slavery, wicked. Women have been persecuted for decades too. We speak life over these mothers in Zion. We speak life right now. I pray for the healing power of God to come upon our sisters in Christ. America needs to be healed, washed, and cleansed from inequality of racism,
4: from sin,
1: against people of color, against gender. Sin is a wicked, wicked thing. Father, as a pastor here and a part of Kings, I repent for the shortcomings that we've had, perhaps short-sightedness that I've had. at times because of unhealed places in the past. Or perhaps I didn't do what you wanted me to to release women in ministry at the next level. Thank you for my incredible wife and the incredible team that you've placed together here. I call for Deborah's to arise. Yes, men too. Every nation, every tribe, and every tongue. Raise up an army.
4: Fill the room.
3: Fill the room spirit
1: Kimmy. Begin to lay hands on people. Just quickly touch and agree. Holy Spirit, Spirit.
3: be healed Holy Spirit. right now in Jesus name. Oh. Mr. Rosie,
1: go on. This is one of those moments. Just forget about what's happening with everybody else and you just go after God. Don't be a spectator. Don't be analyzing everybody's experience. Have your own. Receive. wasn't in my notes (laughs) clearly we hit a nerve I'm calling forth midwives. I'm calling forth a body to be strengthened. And Isaiah, you brought to the point of birth but had no more strength. Receive strength. Receive strength to birth a great move of God. Receive strength. Not just a crowning of the head now. but a full-blown birth living and breathing a great move of God. I'm calling forth men wives. I'm gathering intercessors. I'm gathering intercessors for Israel says the Lord. I'm gathering intercessors intercessors for for Israel. I'm gathering intercessors for every nation. And I'm going to grant to you a glorious burden. You know what it is to birth forth your own children. Now you will know what it is to birth forth even nations. For the burden of the Lord is coming upon these. For the burden of the Lord is coming upon mothers in Zion mothers again will teach daughters how to pray grandmothers will teach daughters on corners of the globe to your homes to the workplace I've put my word in your mouth I've given you power and authority to heal the sick and set the captives free Take, take your place in the army of God Take your place. Sing it ladies, ready? Ushers, if you would please continue to play, my precious Hannah. Communion is a covenant act. We're going to receive communion right now, all across this place. I think we're all pre prepared, right? In our little pre packaged cups and wafers. All right, just, maybe we should just throw them out. I, I'm, I'm, I'm teasing. All that want to be served, you'll have communion come by you, and then we'll take communion, we'll close tonight. Go ahead, fellas, serve away. Wow. You know, I, I I got like half my notes left. Don't get stuck in some pattern that you think that you have to fulfill because you spend a, a couple hours on your notes. So you're going to have to listen. Forget that. Look for the wind of the spirit in your life. This is a powerful service. I I I didn't see this. I I didn't see this. I didn't see I saw some I saw something, but I didn't. I don't have to like call the women up front when you get to a certain point and you know prophesy over minister Kimmy and then repent. Yeah, that's not in my notes. It's a move of the spirit. Hannah, my 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 lift your hands. And as you do, God's power comes on you the next level. God has been touching you all service. Absolutely, positively, I confirm to you the call of God on your life. I've chosen you. Dreams and visions will be your portion. And even as you are named Hannah, You will even be an intercessor to birth forth and bring forth a move of God in a generation. My hand's upon you. I'm going to make a way. I'm making a way for your education. Put your hand on your heart. Two hands. for Jesus doesn't have to look like anybody else there's a there's a uniqueness about you that God has placed on the inside of you you're to embrace that the arts are swirling creative ideas and and even even like fashion things it's a swirl of creativity blessing of God Don't conform. Not that you are. I know that you're not. Don't conform to the pattern of this world. Now listen, Christianity has a pattern too. Don't conform to that. And I don't mean holiness and purity. I do mean that. Absolutely. We're going to walk holy. But There's a form of religion that denies the power thereof. Don't ever conform to that. You're a radical one. God's raising up a bunch of radicals. A radical a radical band I, I, I hear i hear i hear the rattling bone to bone all right we're ready to receive communion intercessors praying while i attempt to open this cup while holding a microphone right with God, you get right with him, and we'll close after we receive communion. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it. He said, this is my body, which is broken for you. And likewise manner, he took the cup, and he blessed it, and said, this is the cup of the new covenant, my blood, which is shed for you. And as often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. So God, as we did this morning, again tonight, we remember that you were crucified on a cruel Roman cross so that we could be washed, we could be cleansed, we could be healed, we could be free. You took our sin upon your body on a tree. Galatians says, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. You became a curse for us that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So, Lord, forgive us for wrong thoughts, attitudes, and motives. Forgive us for where we've grieved you. We repent for structures that hindered people, for structures that that hindered a release of women in ministry. We repent for structures that perhaps hindered men in ministry. Forgive us, God. Give us this new wineskin, this new wineskin to pour the new wine into. We receive your forgiveness. We receive your healing. If you need healing in your physical body, just receive right now. We receive your healing in the name of Jesus. By your stripes, we're healed. And we declare, you're eminent and soon return. And we say, Maranatha, even so, even so. Come, Lord. Jesus. That's what Maranatha means. The early church used to say that one to another. They'd say Maranatha. It's not a candy bar. I mean, it might be. But, but it means, even so, come Lord Jesus. We receive your healing. We receive your forgiveness. We declare your return. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's eat and drink together. Hallelujah. It's your original happy meal. Lift your hands all across this place. Try not to stain your clothes with the juice from your cup. Come on, lift your hands to heaven. You're the answer to all of the woes in America. You're the answer to every human need. We thank you for what you've done, for what you're doing. We ask you for to do in us what needs to be done that we can see the manifestation. state in the union, not only to the United States, but to every nation, every tribe and every tongue, raise up an army of spirit filled firebrands, walk in holiness and purity to the sound of a different drum, let the wind of the spirit come upon our homes, that we would make a place for you in our homes as never before. Please don't miss the emphasis of the Holy Spirit in that part of the message. Make your kitchen a cathedral. Invite the power of God into your house. Don't just have it in the church. If you'll do that, this will triple. If you do that, this will triple. If you're you're already filled, instead of waiting to get filled when you come to church, you're filled at home, you're on fire, you're prepared. And then you come to church, this will triple. It'll triple in size, it'll triple in manifestation, it'll triple in the power of God, can you say, amen? I hope you got something I did. What a powerful night. Come on, put your hands together for Jesus. Lord, I pray now that you bless your people, cause your face to shine upon us. Lift up your countenance towards us, God. Be gracious to us, keep us, and give us peace in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. We'll see you Wednesday night, Friday night revival. Be a part of all the different things that are happening. Don't forget to register. God is great. God bless you. Thank you for joining today's podcast.
0: If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and
4: enjoy more messages like this one.